Hey there, Natasha here. Uh, Before we get to this week's episode, I want to know if you can do me a big favor. I am feeling motivated to create some new resources to help you raise your kids with anxiety and OCD, but I need to know a couple things from you to make sure that I am helping you out the most. So when it comes to helping a child cope with anxiety or OCD, what's the single biggest challenge that you've been struggling with? I want to make sure that I'm making things that are going to be effective and helpful for the things that you need help with. So if you can answer that, I would be very thankful. And as a gift to you, I've made an ultimate guide on how to discover your child's deepest struggles with anxiety or OCD. You know how I'm always talking about getting to that core fear Well, I created an ultimate guide on all of my verbal judo that I use that I've learned for the past 13 years on how to get kids to really dig deep and not talk about just their surface issues, but what are their core fears? So I've made a huge guide, walk you through exactly how to talk to your kids to get down that rabbit hole and get those answers. If you're up for helping me, you can visit bit.ly forward slash your struggle. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash your struggle. One word. Okay. On with the show. Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about hoarding. This has come up a couple of times in my private Facebook group, and it's definitely something that I deal with with my own child. And kids who have OCD and anxiety tend to be at a little bit of a higher risk to develop hoarding. So it's good to know about, it's good to know how to handle it so that our kids don't wind up being on an episode of hoarders. (laughs) So for starters, I want to talk to you about what are the signs of hoarding versus maybe just some typical developmentally appropriate behavior. When kids hoard, it starts off rather slow. So it might seem developmentally appropriate. Little kids, very, very little kids like to collect things. And so they might want to collect rocks or they might collect leaves, or they might be picking up what we might call trash um, as they're walking or doing things. And that can be somewhat developmentally appropriate between the ages of, I would say, two to six. A lot of little people are collectors and they have their little treasures and it's really not our treasure. A lot of times it's literally trash. But in that age range, we want to look at the intensity of the collecting are they collecting all the time? Do they have many drawers full of rocks and leaves and gum wrappers and things that glitter or whatever it is that they find to be treasure oriented? And then when you move out of the age of six or so, is that behavior still happening? And a lot of times as they get older, if they tend to have an obsessive hoarding personality, you're going to see them moving away from the rocks and the shells and the leaves and into other things as well. And so they might 
need to hoard little toys, or they might hoard literally trash that they see on the ground, or they might not be able to throw anything away. So that's when we know we are diving a little bit deeper into more hoarding behavior and out of the developmentally appropriate behavior. I think you can trust your mom or dad gut on this. I know that all my kids, actually two of the three of my kids tend to be collectors or they were collectors when they were really little. They would always look for things. My oldest, who's 14, she always collected things and she's not a hoarder and she doesn't collect things now. And so it was a little more intense than the average kid, but she grew out of it and it was nothing that was really on my radar. Enter my second child. He also collects a lot of stuff and collected a lot of rocks very much like she did but that behavior never ended and he's eight. And so it moved into other things. It moved into finding everything to be impossible to throw out. And so I think if you, if you can trust your gut, you're probably accurate when you feel like you have to sneak to throw something away. (laughs) That's probably an indication you have a problem. Um, anxious kids in general don't like to depart from their items but when you have a hoarding type of child, they will freak out. And, and that's also another indication. So let's recap. Signs of hoarding. Um, kids who are saving lots of stuff have a hard time throwing things away. They want to save what we might deem as insignificant stuff. And then we'll get into the reasons why. So there are generally a few reasons why kids like to hoard. And And these are a few of them. One, they can't throw things away. And so they just can't get rid of things. And that is for different reasons. So for some kids, they put meaning or memories on objects. They worry that if they throw away something, they won't remember that moment. And so it's more of like a catalog for their memory. Other reasons include personifying the object. And so the kid will feel like they don't want to hurt this object's feelings. And so I don't want to get rid of this shirt because the shirt will feel really bad because the shirt's been with me for so long. So they, they put, they personify emotions and feelings onto the object. Movies like Toy Story do not help the cause for this <laughs> because I think when kids watch that, it's very easy to make that leap that like, I don't want to throw my toys out because they're going to be really offended. So that becomes an issue. And the third reason for hoarding is I might need it later. And so these reasons are carried into adulthood. And so you can, you can talk to adult hoarders and they have one of these reasons as well. So these are like some precursors to, to hoarding behavior as an adult. So the, I might need it later belief is everything has a purpose. Everything can be needed. And so I'll save it just in case. So it's more of a just-in-case kind of thing. Now, you can have an overlap. You can have a child who does all three of those things. They worry about the memory. They worry about their feelings, and they might need it later. So they're not mutually exclusive, and you can have some overlap. Another way to indicate whether you have a hoarder in your house or a pre-hoarder, because they really aren't hoarders until they're a bit older when it's their house and their space, but... You know, if they really blow up when you try to address it or throw away some things, um, and 
every time you empty their backpack or their pockets, or you're putting clothes in the wash, you're finding more and more quote unquote treasures (laughs) that might be an indication as well. So what do you do about it? So those are some indications of you're a little pre-hoarder and maybe you're like, yeah, 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 I know I have a hoarder. Now what do I do with it? And there is some research showing that there is a predisposition to hoarding and there might be a genetic link and there is a genetic link also with OCD. And so it's very genetically based. And also maybe kids are learning from what they see. Who knows? We're still kind of in the dark ages about that kind of stuff. But let's talk about some of the steps to help your pre-hoarder. So the first thing you want to do is educate them. I think it's always important to be honest and upfront with your kids and tell them what the behavior is, why you're worried about it, how it can get pretty extreme, pretty fast. My first step with almost anything I talk about related to kids is education. And if I'm trying to teach you something, it's to educate you. So I think the first step in almost anything and everything I'm ever going to talk about is educate. And I think when it comes to educating our kids, we're worried about, we don't want to label them. We don't want to cause more of an issue. We don't want to pathologize it. Um, We don't want to scare them. You know, those are all sorts of reasons why we don't have a very blunt, open discussion. But I think that that's really not helpful because we're not pathologizing it. We're educating and we're not labeling, we're teaching. And so we want to teach our kids, look, you know what? There's something called hoarding and some people have it. And it's when they really can't let go of anything. And it may not seem like a big deal now because you're eight, but When, if you never threw anything away, what would your room look like in 10 years? What would your room look like in 20 years? What would your room look like in 30 years? If you never, ever threw anything away. And not only did you not throw anything away, but you actively looked for things. You were always saving things, things that you found on the floor or things that you wrote or things that you did, you know, and you would name whatever is their kind of hoarding theme what would your room look like then? Well, let me show you a show. I'm okay with visuals. I think watching some of those hoarding shows, depending on your child's age and their anxiety level is a really good teaching tool because all too often kids feel like that can't happen to me, or that's not that big of a deal. And kids in general tend to live in the here and now when it has everything to not do with their anxiety. (laughs) So they live in everywhere else. They live in yesterday and what if about tomorrow. But when it comes to like important things like what this hoarding behavior will look like or what your test will look like if you don't study, that kind of stuff, um, kids tend to be more in the moment and they don't think anything bad can happen because they're innocent and they they have no life experience to compare it to. So they think they know everything, a lot of kids, and they don't think that this hoarding thing is a big deal. They think you're blowing it out of proportion. So showing them an episode of Hoarders, watch it first, make sure it's not going to trigger any of their other anxiety or OCD themes. And then say, look, you're not like this now, but these people weren't like this at eight either. You know, they probably looked like you at eight, but they never got any help. So the first step is to educate. Up next, I'm going to talk to you about how to prevent these things from happening and some coping mechanisms to teach your kids so they can learn how to survive and nip this problem in the bud. Stay tuned. 
That's what's up next. You're listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more parenting support, check out Natasha's parenting e-courses on a variety of topics. Each parenting e-course includes a series of teaching videos that can be watched at your own pace. For more information, visit anxioustoddlers.com forward slash parenting hyphen videos. Welcome back. Okay, so I want to talk to you about how to prevent some of this stuff from happening and then the coping mechanisms to give your child. So after you've educated your child on hoarding and maybe had them watch a little episode of Hoarders, you want to talk about how to prevent this from happening. And so partner with your child and say, what can we do to not have you collect everything that you see and you do? And so see what kind of ideas they can give you depending on their age. And then you might ask them, what will happen if we don't develop any rules around this? What will happen if we just save everything? Where are you going to put it all? Now, kids who are diehard hoarders will not be engaged and they'll come up with lots of reasons where they can hide their stuff or put their stuff. They have plenty of room, mom or dad, and you're being ridiculous. But then you want to do a couple things as far as trying to binge their hoarding supply. Now, if you have very young kids, so when my son was younger, I could do this now as well, but when he was really young, like maybe four or five, he would, I would talk to him about what hoarding is, but really I wasn't going to dive too deep into it. And the best way for me to get a handle on it was when he went to the preschool, I would go and I'd grab a big chunk of his stuff the junk stuff. I would get like the leaves and the rocks and the things that were like real trash. And I would take them and I'd put them in a bag and I'd put them in my drawer in my room where he wouldn't see it. And then a month later, if he didn't notice it, I would then put it in the garage. And then a month later, if he didn't notice it, I would throw it out. So it was like a, it was a two-step process. And I did this because he was very anxious and I didn't want to upset him. So if he noticed it was gone, I'd say, oh yeah, I was just cleaning it up and I just moved it over here. But it was a way to clear out his hoarding supply without, you know, pushing him over the edge. And he was too little to really be able to process and understand it. So you can do that. Now, ideally, as they move and they get older, we really want to have more of a dialogue because just throwing out their stuff when they're not looking isn't going to teach them how to purge their own stuff when they get older. Did I say binge before? I think I said binge. I meant purge. <laughs> so we want, we do want to have that painful dialogue because it is painful. It is 10 times easier to just go in when they're not looking and throw it all out. But you're either going to get a rampage on your hands because they're going to come home and be like, are you kidding me? Where's all my treasures? Or they're not going to notice, but they also aren't le- learning how to how to eliminate some of their hoarding material themselves. So, and you can do a little bit of both. So with older kids, and so I moved into this with my son, I said, you have three places that you can put your treasures. We have a drawer that's in our living room, and that is for you. He has a bin, um, an average size bin, you know, the kind that can fit into like a little, Uh, cubby space, kind of like a perfect square. So he's got one of those in his room and he has a very tiny drawer kind of in our hallway. And so he has three areas where he can put his 
quote unquote treasures. And what I do with him is we have a talk and sometimes when it overflows, like recently, his drawer in the, in the living room was overflowing. And so I said to him, this is too full. And we had already talked about what hoarding is. And I said, so if you want to put more stuff in here, you have to get rid of some stuff. And he spent the whole day putting things in baggies and he organized them based on theme. (laughs) And he put them in these baggies and he said, see mom, they're not a mess. I organized it. And, and then I said to him, okay, now you have to get rid of the two bag, two bags of all the things that you organized. And because that was so hard on him, I did say, look, you can earn something from the treasure box. So (laughs) adding to his hoarding, but you have to get rid of two bags. And so it was an incentive to say, you can get this, these new things if you can get rid of some of those old things. And because it's not really about stuff at this age, it's more about letting go. And so for him, they are just treasures. He doesn't necessarily put too many memories on things. I'm not hearing him talk about that. And I'm not hearing him talk about worrying about the object's feelings. He just can't throw these things away um, because he's a collector. He likes to hold on to things. He does not know what he has. He doesn't remember. And he doesn't care about the objects per se, but he doesn't want to let go of anything because he likes, he's a collector and he, whatever he does, he's really intense and he's really obsessive with it. And this is just a component of his personality. So he did get rid of two bags, but it was really hard for him. And even though that really didn't do much as far as, eliminating the amount of stuff that he really has. And to be totally honest with you, he took it all and he put it in his closet. And so now when you open up his closet, he's got plastic bags everywhere. So the problem is still there and I haven't been feeling well. (laughs) So I haven't been dealing with it and he hasn't been doing too well lately. So I put it on the back burner, which you can do at times, you know, because you're going to have front burner problems and hoarding is one of those long-term problems that you don't necessarily have to always deal right then and right there. So with him being eight, I might do a combination. And so once they go back to school, which is in the next two weeks, I will probably get rid of maybe one third of the stuff myself, but I will still periodically have him eliminate one or two bags because now they're in plastic bags. (laughs) He did the same thing with his Halloween candy. He organized them by type and he put them in plastic bags. So, um, I'm going to do both. I'm going to do a little bit of uh, purging for him because he's too little still to be able to do that. And he, he would completely not be aware of what is gone. But I'm also going to help walk him through discarding some of the stuff periodically. So you want to do both when you have a younger kid. As your kids get older, you're really going to want to encourage them to do it themselves. And even if you have to walk through it with them, you're going to want to do that. And so with older kids, you can do three bins and you can teach them how to do the three bin method. So you have one bin and it might be a pretty big bin as they get older and they're, they're collecting bigger stuff. You might have one bin that's in their room. It's all the most important things that they want to keep. And then you might say second bin, which are things that they like, but they don't need right away. And they can move that to maybe their closet or under their bed. And then a third bin are things that they really don't need, don't need to keep, but they don't want to throw away and they can move that into the garage. And then you can have a plan with them and you can say, if in two months you haven't used anything from the bin in the garage, can we get rid of that stuff? 
And I am very incentive based. And so I think offering some sort of privilege or something to recognize that this is going to be super hard for them could be a good supplement to help them buy into this purging because otherwise they may not have a lot of insight into this behavior and they may not care. And so they might just get angry and it might cause all sorts of problems. So the last thing I want to talk about are coping mechanisms. And so if there's a couple of little things, one, if it's memory based, oh, I had such a good time when I, um, let's see what would, I wore that shirt and I had such a great day and that was like such an awesome time. I want to save this shirt forever. Well, you can do digital hoarding is what I call it. So take pictures, take pictures of all the objects and you can say, look, you can digitally hoard as much as you want. We can make a scrapbook or we can have a digital scrapbook so that you can go back and have these images that are pictures of what you want to collect so that you can always have those memories with you. So that is an option. Also, if they're personifying it, you can talk about how it's better to donate things. And so a lot of times when kids are hoarding, if they know that it's going to be going to someone else who's going to really love and care about their objects, they're okay with it. So neither of those would matter too much with my kid because he doesn't really care to take a picture of it because he wants it. It's kind of like a treasure for him. And he wouldn't really care about donating it. Actually, that'd probably make him upset because he doesn't want anyone else to have his stuff. So that would only work for kids that are attaching memories to their objects or are, are personifying their objects. So those are two things. You don't want to over-accommodate hoarding. And so I have worked with kids who take hoarding to a new level. I have had kids who could not throw out their trash at lunch, at school, and they would bring their trash home and then they would keep the trash or they'd throw out the trash, but they had to throw it out in a certain way at home. That's moving much more towards an OCD type of compulsion. You wouldn't want to accommodate that. And so you would have to have just a general rule. You can't bring that home. You have to find a way to throw it, to throw the trash at school and then maybe team up with a school counselor or something to develop some skills in the school environment and also maybe talking to the therapist. Hopefully you have one on board about working on that because you you don't want to accommodate bringing in a lot of trash from the outside. Uh, I've also worked with people who can never throw away any school paperwork that they ever have. So all school projects, all school notebooks, everything gets saved because what if I need to go back and learn that lesson again? Or I worked so hard on that project, I don't want to throw it away. And so when you have kids like that, the digital hoarding is good. Let's make a digital um, album of all your school projects. And we can put it in a little folder on our computer and it'll say school projects. And then maybe we can print out one of those books, you know, those photography books that you can get online. And then we can, you know, for your whole school history, we can have all of your projects in one area. So that's one way to kind of appease that desire to to keep that project without literally keeping that huge shoebox that's like fraying and chipping paint everywhere in your house forever. Because <laughs> you do feel bad when they make such an effort on these big projects and then you just chuck it. I always feel really bad. And I, I have never allowed my kids to save those projects because 
they are prone to hoarding. And so like my son, all of his projects get thrown out, but I always say, let's take a picture of it first. And so that makes them feel better. So I hope that helps with some of you who have little hoarders at home. Some updates. If you're in my private Facebook group, I am doing uh, Facebook lives once a month and um, picking different topics. And so you can go in there and you can look at my old Facebook lives. And so that will be kind of like little workshops that you can access little, little podcasts, kind of just did my first one today on um, how to parent kids with OCD. So if you're not in my private Facebook group, you might want to go it's facebook.com backslash groups backslash AT parenting anxious kids. I'll leave a link below. And, um, that will be on the last Wednesday of every month. Next Facebook live will be about anxiety. So definitely want to go in and check that out. And if you're in the private Facebook group, you can just leave a comment on the thread and, um, I'll collect questions throughout the month. And then I will answer all your questions when uh, I do my Facebook live. So I hope that you're enjoying my podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to leave a star. You can hit a star on iTunes to rate the podcast. That is helpful. And you can leave a comment to show your appreciation. So I hope you find the sparkle in everything you do. And I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Take care. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.